guys. So I've been requested to make a podcast. So my name is Brianna. For those of you who don't know me from TikTok, you can check out my TikTok. It's just free underscore always. I love being a 90s baby. I feel like that really made me who I am. And that influences a lot of the things that I say. So I'm going to be doing a lot of podcasts about different things, like um, anything from childhood actors, because that's one of my big things that I'm doing on TikTok right now, to maybe music, to just life, life of a millennial, late millennial, or life of a 90s baby, or, you know, I'm a mom. So it'll be a lot of different things. I'll always take requests. Like I said, I've had about 100 people at least come to me and be like, oh, can you make a podcast about this? Can you make a podcast about that? So I was like, you know what? I love to talk, so why not? So the first thing I'm going to be talking about, though, since I am doing a series on TikTok about it, and, you know, on TikTok, you only have a minute to talk or whatever. So I'll be talking about child stars. So we'll start with that. So today I'll talk about Amanda Bynes because she was the video that I did on TikTok that actually went viral. And it's reached over a million people now. Um, I'm doing a part two today to talk a little bit more about it. But I'm just going to start with that because I feel like that's something that people don't know a lot about and people want to know more about. And it's a very sad story. So if I can share her story so more people know and more people are aware, then that's good to me. So we'll start off with that. So as you guys mostly know, Amanda Bynes, now she has been acting before she got to Nickelodeon, but she's most known for the Amanda show. And she's most known for all that, what I like about you. She's the man, all those movies, all those TV shows. Now, what you might not have known is Dan Schneider, who was a creator on Nickelodeon, had a lot of influence on all those shows. Like, he created all that. He created um, The Amanda Show. He created, actually, What I Like About You, which surprised a lot of people because that was not on Nickelodeon's network, but he still did that. I believe he also produced She's the Man, but don't quote me on that one. I'm not 100% sure. So I have to check my sources for that. But, um... So he had an influence. I know one of his movies that he did with her, he did one of them. I'm not sure which one it was, though. So he's had a pretty big influence on her. She's been working with him since around the age of 10. And a lot of people are now starting to realize how creepy and crazy, like, Dan Schneider was. Like, there's pictures. Um, You might see some of them on my TikTok. I recently posted a video where you can see at least two of the pictures. But, I mean, it's not something that I'm going to the dark net for. If you just Google Dan Schneider with um, Victoria Justice, Dan Schneider with Ariana Grande, you see him being very inappropriate with these girls. Like, mind you, at this, I believe he's like 55 now. So go back, what, about 20 years ago, you can say. And he's, what, 30-something? These girls are 10, 12, 15, whatever. And he's hugging them. He's touching them inappropriately. He's grabbing them. And it's just not a way that, like, a boy should touch somebody, let alone a whole full-grown male. So there's been a lot of allegations that he might have been abusing some of the girls on set. He got fired in 2018 from Nickelodeon for his anger issues. So it wasn't even for the sexual assault. It was more because they said that he, they believed that he was verbally abusing the girls, but they didn't bring up anything about the sexual assault, which I thought was wrong, but whatever. And now the crazy thing to me is though, when they fired him, it wasn't like, oh, you did this wrong. You're going to step down. Bye-bye. They gave him a payout. So he's still sitting lovely at home with money, but these girls that he did these things to are just not okay. They're not okay. So like I said, today we'll be, we'll talk about mostly Amanda Bynes. And then I'll, if it's requested, we can talk about the other girls as well. Because like I said, there's been allegations with him 
and some of the cast of Zoe 101, there's been allegations of him and the cast of all that, or, you know, there's been a lot of different allegations with him, iCarly, Sam, all those people, but today we'll focus on Amanda. So like I was saying before in my TikTok, you know, Amanda was very big. She was a lot of our childhood. I mean, I'm a 90s kid, as I said, and all that. I loved it because I love being comical. So seeing her was like in a, you know, like a child SNL to me. Like seeing her on all that is like seeing like Maya Rudolph on SNL. Seeing a woman be funny was good to me. You know, like I love Tiffany Haddish to this day. You don't see a lot of comical women. You know, it's kind of like a man's game. So to me, it was so cool to see her be a young female, you know, being comical, being funny, being silly, being herself. And Dan even called her his little star, but that's sus to me, but we'll keep going. So she did all that. Then she had a breakout into the Amanda show. And then she did what I like about you. And then a couple years later, she ended up having like this mental breakdown. And now a lot of people believe she went crazy. She didn't go crazy. It's just like, if you've ever had any kind of trauma, you react to the trauma because like your brain can only suppress it for so long. So for instance, I had cancer as a kid. I try to go on and just like block that out, like forgot that I ever had that until I would go to my appointment. And then once I got to like my young adult years, I just found out that like, okay, a lot of my anxiety, a lot of the problems that I had is because I never dealt with that. I never went to go talk to somebody. And that's just one thing. So imagine being like sexually abused and just trying to block out your memory and just like day after day, you're going to see this guy. He's producing your show. He's talking to you. He made you do all these things. You're going to have a meltdown. You're going to have a breakdown. So I believe that's what happened to her. A lot of people believe that's what happened to her. There's been rumors, I'm not sure if they're true, that he even impregnated her at 13. Now, there's also been, like I said, I'll talk about them another day if you guys want to hear about it, but there's also been rumors that he impregnated um, a lot of other girls on Nickelodeon. Someone told me Victoria Justice. I haven't really looked into that one that much, so I'm not sure. But Amanda was one that, like, people, because he was always near her. And I know there was a story I heard where there was an extra on set of the Amanda show. And Amanda just went out to, you know, do the show, do her skit. And she just started laughing. And there was really nothing funny. So everybody was looking at her and her parents were extremely upset. And she just started laughing and she she was just acting really strange to them. So they took her to the trailer and they yelled at her. The extra said they went to go look to see how she was doing. And I guess her parents were just yelling at her and she started crying and she started like throwing things. And she just kind of like, had enough and they wanted to go in and check on her but then when they opened up the door her parents were like oh she's fine and kind of like shrugged it off and then she smiled and just went back to set and finished her set I really believe a lot of these child actors that I will talk about the reason why they were so abused the reason why that they weren't protected has a lot to do with the parents now um like I said there's a lot of child actors and actresses that I could talk about uh, one is Elijah Woods. He was a child actor back, I believe, in the 90s or the 80s. I have to see exactly when it was. But I know when I was talking about the Corey Haim and Corey Feldman story, Corey Feldman actually interviewed him and was like, hey, why do you think you never went through the same abuse as us? And he came out and said, because my mom would not let me go. These parties that they would have when the executives would say, oh, we'll take your kid. We got him. His mom was like, nope, I'm coming or we're not going at all. So a lot of times they didn't go. So I think it's really important to note, like when you have a parent 
who's going to be like, oh, I'm coming. Or you have a parent who's going to be like, you're not going there. It's not impossible. Like, things could still happen. But it's not as likely because that's more risky. Your parents see it. Now what happens if they report it? Now you're under thin water, you know? So I believe, I mean, just as much as Dan Schneider, of course, 100% should be in jail and is to blame, these parents should also be protecting their kids a little bit more. I am a mom to a two-year-old girl, and best believe she doesn't go anywhere without me. And that's just how I am. That's how my parents were with me back in the 90s and 2000s. So I think that's, you know, important to note because that is really sad to me. But like I said, they said that she was really close with Dan. She was always with Dan. Even someone brought up to me on a comment on one of the videos. If you watch the Amanda show, which I believe is on CBS All Access, in the beginning of the show, you hear her say, love you, Dan. And it's just, it gives people really strange vibes. But so she went through all that. And then now she's in a conservation, or I'm sorry, conservatorship. And pretty much what a conservatorship is, it's like having guardianship over your adult children, right? Because when your children are under 18, you're going to have guardianship over them anyway. But when you have a conservatorship, that means that you have legal, you know, you can decide what they do. You can decide where the money goes over your adult children. Makes sense if your child's like in an accident and they're not able to respond at all. But when you have kids who are able to talk, able to do things, they should not be on a conservationship. Like, that's not right to me. I know Brittany's on one, and a lot of people didn't know that Amanda Bynes was on one until I had explained it to them. And in the video that I posted today, it talks about how Amanda, you know, in 2014, she was having a hard time. She had just came out publicly about how she had bipolar how she's trying to deal with it. She just got the diagnosis. She admits that she was doing drugs. So she was having a rough time. But now here we are in 2021. She's been in inpatient rehab. She's been clean off of drugs. She's been dealing with her bipolar. And her mom still has all this control over her. And I just don't think that's right. Uh, she came out actually February 6, 2021. So just a couple of weeks ago, saying that she's been, she was supposed to get biweekly payments from her mom from her own money. First of all, think about what she did to get that money. She was supposed to get bi-weekly payments from her mom, and she has not gotten one since 2019. She has not gotten any of her social media back. She has not gotten any of her PayPal information back. She's just been stuck. I know um, on one of my comments on my video, somebody said that they actually saw her at like one of the stores in their area, and she had like gift cards because that was all that she can get money from. And to me, that's sad. Like she's, I believe she's 33. She's a 33 or in her early 30s year old woman who can't have the money that she worked for, like the money that traumatized her. You're trying to tell her that she can't have it. Like where was all this protection when she was a child? It would have never been like this. So I just think that's wrong. Just like we, you know, are saying, Brittany, Brittany, get her out, get her out free, Brittany. We should be having that same energy with Amanda because Amanda's going through it too. Not saying that one struggle is worse than the other. Of course not. But we should be doing that for her too. And she was saying how it was supposed to be over as of August 2020, but her mom has been extending it all this time and sabotaging her. She'll be like, oh, you know, she'll make her miss court dates so it makes it seem like she's unfit when she's really not. And she's trying to gain control back and her mom's just controlling her. So I think that's really, really sad. Like I said, this is, I mean, there are some childhood actors and actresses because people are like, oh, why would children ever be in, you know, an actor, an actresses if it's always like this? It's not always like this. Like I can think of 
the top of my head, like China McClain and her sisters, they don't have any kind of bad experience as in that. Now they do talk about like the colorism that they experience in Hollywood, the racism, of course, but they didn't have any of that kind of trauma that Amanda had, but that's because they have parents who weren't going to play that. Or like, um, I'm trying to think of somebody else on top of my head. Uh, I can't think of anything right now. Tia and Tamara, like they didn't have that trauma because they literally had parents who were like, okay, you're acting, you're actors, you're actresses. It's cool. Cause they have a little brother too, Taj, who started acting at the age of like, what, four or five. He was on full house when he was a kid, but they made sure that didn't happen because they were right there. They were their managers. So it doesn't always end up like that. Cause obviously if it did, Nobody would be in Hollywood. Nobody would want to be in Hollywood. Nobody would want their kids to be in Hollywood. But if you're able to, not control, but if you're able to watch them at a young age and make sure they're not alone and make sure nobody takes advantage of them, then it won't happen. But when you have those parents who see their kid as like a meal ticket and they're like, oh, okay, they're going to make me money, then that's when it really starts to be a problem. So unfortunately, like I said, Amanda, we believe that a lot of, the things that went on in Man of Parents known, but because she was making so much money, they just really didn't care. And to me, that's so sad. I don't know how, as a parent, you can't protect your child, but all we can do, we can't go back. All we can do is try to help her now. Just like, all I'm saying is like, just like how we're having the Free Britney movement, we should have a Free Amanda movement. I know there's one going, but to me, it doesn't seem as big, but also... You know, Free Britney came really much bigger once we saw her trying to cry for help, once we saw the documentary. Unfortunately, Amanda's not able to do that. Amanda doesn't have social media. Like, they say that she has a private social media account. I've heard mixed things. I've heard that it's her. I heard it's not her. I'm not sure. But since she doesn't have, to me, as much control over herself as Britney may have, because Britney doesn't have much either, but Britney seems like she may have a little bit more, it's on us as her fans, as us as people, concerned people, to like get her story out there. So I'm just really, really glad that I was able to get her story to literally over millions of people. And I hope that that helps some way. Excuse me. I hope that it shows people, too, that this happens. This happens everywhere, though. Like, sexual assault towards children by older, influential people does not just happen in Hollywood. It happens to people with teachers. I've had teachers, never to me, but I've had teachers be arrested for sexual assault. So it, help, it, it happens to everybody. It happens um, sometimes with parents' friends. It happens with bosses. So it does happen to everybody. So it shouldn't just be focused on, oh, yeah, it only happens in Hollywood. Hollywood's this dark place. It's just that we don't see it happen as much in Hollywood and them get caught as maybe, oh, a teacher who just got arrested or this one who just got arrested because they have people in high places where teachers probably don't, principals probably don't, you know? So I just feel like that's important to state. I am so excited to continue with this whole series that I'm doing. Another misconception is that it doesn't happen to guys. It's a hundred percent does happen to guys. Um, like I said, Corny Haim, Corey Feldman, Apparently River Phoenix, so I'm going to um, deep dive a little bit into that one. Um, it just happens so much. So I'm just so glad I'm able to shed light to it and be able to make it more publicized and use my platform, which is TikTok, which it seems like everybody's on TikTok, to show this side of Hollywood and this side of the world and this side of people's lives, really. And I'm also doing another like mini series on um, 
toxic TV show sets. Because also, like, I know me. Like, I watch TV shows, and I really get lost, especially with quarantine. There's nothing else to do. So I get lost in the TV show. I'll be like, oh, my God. Like, oh, so much fun. I wish I worked in this show. Oh, I wish I lived in One Tree Hill. Oh, I wish I had these friends. And though, like, they do such a good job at giving us that warm, fuzzy feeling of that, like, oh, I wish that was me, it's not always that way. Like, it's not always so peachy and happy. Like how I talked about on One Tree Hill, you see it, you say, oh, Brooke and this one are so cool. Oh, that's so nice. Lucas is such a good friend. Her and Lucas did not get along. Chad Michael Murray, Sophia Bush did not get along after their divorce. She still does not really talk to him. She does not follow him, nothing, nothing. So that whole, like, fantasy was not really real. Or like, oh, it seems like it was so much fun to work on the set. Though they said working with their coworkers for the most part was fun, there was sexual assault on that show with Peyton and Sophia. So it's just, and Haley, I guess, I just recently found out about. So it's just like, there's so much that we don't know. And it's not always sexual. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's verbal. Sometimes it's just being left out. Sometimes it's being disrespected, not being treated fairly, fairly because you are a woman or not being treated fairly because you are part of the LGBTQ community. So it's so many different things. And then there's some sets that are awesome. Like I talk about Malcolm in the Middle. Now, Dewey and Malcolm in the Middle, who was the youngest child, did not have his parents out where they were filming. So the father on Malcolm in the Middle took it upon himself to bring him around his kids so he could have a normal childhood. They said whenever they filmed, it took forever because they were just having fun, cracking up, making jokes. It was just a fun environment. When they talk about Fresh Prince, they say Fresh Prince was just such a influential, fun environment. You know, they did have some problems with the first Aunt Viv, but it was nothing sexual, nothing like abusive. It was just like, Will was a star and it was like his world and he didn't want to work with her anymore. So it was more of an altercation, but they was able to put that in the past. But as for the rest of the cast, it was very fun. They remained friends. They remained family. So it's not always to say that, oh, you're going to get on a TV show. And that's not the way it seems. There's some TV show actors who are best friends to the day. There's some TV show actors that end up getting married to each other because the love is just so real. But we also can't overlook that sometimes it's not always peachy and happy like they portray it. So I want to just show that side as well. So I've been enjoying the series that I've been doing. Like I said, people have asked me, oh, can you make a podcast to make it longer? Because I've already been talking. For 18 minutes, I can, can you imagine on TikTok. I'm only able to really talk like that on live. So I'm a, I'm glad that I'm able to do it on a podcast where you can just rewatch it or watch it at your own speed or whatever, share with other people. And it's not to say that this is all I'm going to be talking about. I love conspiracies. I'll be talking about conspiracies. I love cooking or baking, baking, really. I'll be talking about baking, maybe. I love listening to music and the difference between music of today versus music of yesterday. You know, like, I love talking about that stuff. I'm a mom, a young mom at that. I'll be talking about that stuff. I'm an aspiring writer, and I would love to be a journalist. So pretty much, I'll be talking about whatever thoughts come to my head, thoughts from a 90s baby. So also, I'll be taking any requests. Um, you can always email me or you can always comment on my TikToks or you can always, com- you know, write me on Instagram and give me some advice. Share with your friends and just let me know how it is. But I hope that you enjoyed it and there will definitely be more to come. So like I said, make sure you share. I love y'all. And that's Thoughts from a 90s Baby. Bye.
All right, guys. So here we are back at it again with thoughts from a 90s baby. So now I'm going to be talking about the 90s and 2000s because those two time parents are very dear to my heart. I know that I was born in 97, like the first seven days of 97. I was born January 7th, 1997. So I did not experience that much of the 90s, but I grew up with a sister who was 10 years older than me and a brother who was 14 years older than me. So best believe they made sure I had the full 90s experience. So for me, music in 2000s, yeah, I listened to it, but I mostly listened to music in the 90s. But we're going to be talking about both the 90s and the 2000s and the top 10 reasons as to why that was the superior time. So I don't know the age groups of you guys. I don't know if anybody who's listening, if you're like born in 2008 or if you're born 98, or if you're born in 78, I don't know what the range of my viewers and listeners are, but if you were born before the 90s, you can you can feel me. You remember those times. You know that that was a good time. If you were born in like the late 2000s or 2010s and you're young, you can kind of see why we loved it so much. I can give y'all a little knowledge. Make sure you share. I'm still getting my podcast off, you know, so I just want to make sure that you guys share it. Tell me what you think. Please comment. And here we go. All right. So we're going to talk about the top 10 reasons, not in any order, as to why the 90s and early 2000s were superior to especially days of today. All right. So first reason, the music. Woo. Let me tell you, the music of the 90s and 2000s to me is just so good because there were so many, I feel like that was the time when there was such a range of music that was good. Like, it was not, like, if you talk about the 50s, the 50s was really good for rock and roll, you know? If you talk about the 80s, it was a really good time for, like, pop. But for me, the 90s and the 2000s were a really good time for all music, like, across the board. Now, I really don't listen to country, so I can't really say how the country music was. But, like, if we're talking pop, in the 90s and the 2000s, we have the Spice Girls for pop. We have Michael Jackson, the king of pop. We have Mandy Moore. We have Britney Spears. We have Backstreet Boys. We have NSYNC. We have so many boy bands and girl bands. Like, it was such a good time for those bands. I don't even know a girl band of today. I don't even know if there are girl bands of today. I don't really see any. The only boy band of today I can think of is One Direction, and I'm not even sure if they're still together. But 2000s and the 90s was a time for boy and girl bands and for pop, and just everybody loved it. It was just such a great time. And let's say we talk about R&B. All right, my favorite music is R&B. In 90s and 2000s, we have 112, we have Monica, we have Brandy, we have Usher, we have D'Angelo. We have all these singers and songwriters of the 90s, music soul child. We just have, I mean, there's too many to name. You know, there's just Mariah Carey. Like, we had so many good R&B singers, Mary J. Blige, of the 90s and 2000s. They're really taking over. It was awesome. Then you think of rock. Oh, my goodness. So, 90s had Nirvana. Then there was, oh, my God, there's so many. I can't really think of any off the top of my head because there's just so many. Um, Rob Thomas's band, I can't think of that band right now. They had Lifehouse. They had so many great rock bands. Um, Paramore, if you consider them. I know some people consider them rock. Some people don't consider them rock. It was a great, great time for rock music, and it was awesome. Then if you think about, like, it was just, I could go on and on and on. It was just a great time for all music. 
who didn't love a little bit of everything. And it was just awesome. Now, number two, the reason why the 90s and 2000s were superior to every other time period, especially time periods of today, would be the TV shows. I still find myself watching mostly early 2000s and 90s TV shows. So if we're talking sitcoms, we have Boy Meets World, we have Full House, we have Sister Sister, we have Moesha, we have Girlfriends, we have Step by Step. There was just so Family Matters. We had so many good 90s TV show sitcoms surrounded by the idea of family. It was just awesome. Uh, 2000s, we had like Seven Heaven. We have One Tree Hill. We have Gilmore Girls. We have Gossip Girl. So many good, wholesome high school. Ooh, what's the one show I watched? Friday Night Lights. I believe that came out in like 2009 or 10. So it's like going towards the 2010s, but it's still pretty early. So good shows and wholesome shows about friends, family, high school. Like, it made you one. Like, I was in 2000s, early 2000s. I was in, like, elementary school going to junior high. But I wanted to be in high school so bad. Degrassi, oh, I used to love Degrassi. Degrassi ruled, like, my whole junior high and high school experience. Like, I just wanted to be in Degrassi. Like, their drama just seemed so interesting. And high school, spoiler alert, was not like that. But it was just so entertaining. So it was a really good time for TV shows. Um, that's why a lot of reboots are coming, because you really can't top those TV shows. That's why I say Body Bell got a reboot. Full House got a reboot. Um, what other shows got a reboot? I can't really think of any other ones right now, but Charmed had a reboot. Like There was a lot of shows from the early 2000s and 90s that got reboots because everyone just loved them so much, like Boy Meets World. And I'm not talking about what happened off a set, because we all know that was a whole different problem, but just for the show themselves, such good writing made you feel something, something that you could, I can remember going and sitting down and watching like Kenan and Kel or the Brothers Garcia or Sister Sisters in my living room with my family eating ice cream. Like that's back when you didn't watch TV like in your room by yourself or Netflix in your room while your mom's watching, whatever. You would all watch TV together. It was like a whole family affair. So that's why I think like 90s TV shows are just so superior. Okay, so now we're going to talk about number three. Number three got to be the fashion. I mean, you see the fashion is coming back today. You got people wearing the high-waist jeans. That was 90s fashion. You got people wearing the crop top. That was like Aaliyah. Like Aaliyah had the high-waist and the crop top. You got people doing that. Uh, what are those? Fiscal, fiscal girls, I guess they are. They're bringing back all the 80s and 90s styles. So like, it was just such a superior time for fashion. You had like the clueless look with the plaid skirts or whatever. It, everyone's just trying to bring it back. So 90s was a great time for spot, style. 2000s, you had like the juicy sweatshirt and sweatpants. You had like the high wedge sandals. Like it was just cool. You had like the guys wearing the baggy pants. I don't think that's came back. Let's not bring that back. So you had like a lot of different styles that I'm, like I said, they bring them back now because they just look so good. I still dress like I'm in the 90s because it's just a superior style. I don't know what to say. All oh, the middle parts, I guess people don't like that now, but whatever. So that's definitely a reason why I would say it's superior. So where are we on right now? We're on, we did music, we did TV show, we did style. So now we're on number four, the movies. I mean, rom-coms in the 90s and 2000s was awesome adam sandler really ruled both of those time periods um you had like the notebook that was in 2005 you had um scary movie which was in 2000 i believe that was 99 actually 
you had like Love Jones, you had Love and Basketball, you had She's All That, you had so many good rom-coms, funny movies, uh, so many, you had Chucky, that was a horror movie in the 90s, they really had some good movies, like, and that's back when you would get them on DVD, so you had to like wait for them to come out, get them on DVD, pop it in, make sure you don't return it late, or else you get a late fee, but yes, movies in the 90s were definitely superior to the movies of today. And that's why a lot of them are coming back as either remakes or as a second sequel or whatever. So now we're on number five. Number five, I would say the activities of the 90s, like going to the arcades or going to the mall. The mall in the 90s was just, or even the early 2000s, because like I said, I was born in late 90s. I remember my sister going to the mall quite frequently, but I really started going to the mall a lot in the early 2000s, and they had all the stores, Limited 2, FYE, Radio Shack, um, Fashion Bug. They had so many good stores in there, and of course, a lot of the stores are gone now. Warner Brothers Store, they actually brought back the Disney Store, and my daughter's like hyped because she loves the Disney Store, but... They just like going to the mall now. A lot of people don't go to the mall. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'll see. Let's go to the mall and go shopping. Oh, I'll order it on Amazon. I'll order it online. Like, no, I want to know how it fits. Like I want to see it in person. So I still enjoy my frequent trips to the mall. But there used to be a time where the mall was where it's at. There was mall concerts, mall activities. Like there was just so much to do. So I guess number five would be the mall in itself, not even just activities, because the mall is dedicated in its own, because it was just so superior. You spend a weekend, like kids nowadays, I guess what, make TikToks on a weekend? No, no, no. When I was in elementary school and early junior high, dad, can you drop me off at the mall? Can you drop me and my friends off at the mall? Like we were definitely spending our weekend shopping. And a lot of people don't do that anymore. Now, when I go to the mall, I see old people like me. So it's funny. You don't really see that many young kids anymore. I guess they're doing other things. So number six, I will say blockbuster in movie stores in general. Like it was, there's no going, like right now, if I wanted to say, oh, let's watch a movie. I walk to my living room from my office room that I'm in right now. I go to Netflix and I press play. How boring is that? I miss the days where I'd be like, dad, this new movie came out. Okay, Brie, let's hop in the car. We have to make sure we have our blockbuster cards to make sure we can, you know, scan it. And then we pick a movie. Can I get some candy, Dad? Now, Dad wouldn't let me get no candy there because it was expensive. So we just drive up to the Walmart like two minutes away or whatever. And we would get a movie and then make sure you return it in time so they don't have no late fees. Like, I miss the feeling of picking out a movie, popping it in. Like, Disney movies I used to do that with. Um, Click. I remember I rented Click when it first came out. I miss those times because to me, like, even though it was extra work and going the extra mile, it was bonding time. Like, it's a memory I'll remember today. What will my daughter remember? Oh, I remember when me and my mom would walk to the living room and press Netflix. Like, that's why I make sure I find out other things to do. But Blockbuster, Hollywood videos, those ones were just awesome. Nothing like it. So now that was, what, six? So now we're on number seven. Hmm. It's playing outside. To me, a lot of kids don't play outside. I live in an apartment complex, and granted, it's COVID, but a lot of kids don't play outside like they used to. A lot of kids want to, oh, hop in the house and let's play Xbox. Let's play the Switch. Like, no, though we had Xboxes, you know, we weren't ancient. We had Xboxes. We had PlayStation 1s and 2s. We would play those, but I remember mostly people would play those, like, when their friends were at home. 
Because when their friends were coming over, if it was winter, you're building snowman. If it's summer, you're playing basketball, you're riding bikes, you're doing lemonade stands, like you're having fun outside. I remember my dad used to take me outside every Sunday because he didn't work on weekends. And we would go for a bike ride. We would play kickball. We invite all the other like neighborhood kids and do like games together. And that's sweet to me because unfortunately where I am, some of the neighborhood kids aren't even here anymore. Some of them have passed away. So those are like memories that I always have of my dad and neighborhood kids and where I grew up. So a lot of kids don't do that now. I see kids are like, oh, okay, yeah, let's hang out and do TikToks together. Like, oh, let's hang out and play the Xbox, play the Switch, play with our phones. And they just are zombies. I miss, like, being outside, going in a pool. I remember um, when I was in, like, elementary school, I used to go to my friend's house. She had a pool. And we would spend all outside. You know, I was black and it was white. So I used to get a little dark, like, really dark after a while. But I would be out in the sun and in the pool and we would just have a good time you know it's not like that anymore everybody wants to be in the house which I'm not talking about now because we have no choice to be in the house but I'm talking about back when we could be outside in 90s and 2000s it was not like that we had an imagination we would draw even if we were inside we would draw color whatever so that definitely would be my number seven now number eight I would say the communication systems which may sound funny to you because you're like, well, I can FaceTime my friends now and see them. You guys can do that. Or like, I can text my friends all day. You guys can do that. But there was just something so simple and sweet and nostalgic about like AIM, which is AIM. Some people call it instant messaging. Like I remember coming home from school and I would be getting off the bus. and I'd be like, okay, hop on AIM at like seven o'clock. And they'd be like, okay. So seven o'clock after my homework was done and dinner was done, I hop on my big desktop get on AIM, put my away message off because I wasn't away anymore and instant message my friends. Oh, did you know that Kyle sent me a note? Oh, did you know that Michael did this? And it was just something sweet about that. And then when it was time for bed, it was time for bed. Like there was no bringing it into your room and sneak texting. I didn't do that until like high school. I didn't even have a phone. Like my first iPhone, I think was in like soft, no, like junior year of high school because back then, I remember our first cell phone, you had to press the numbers to get to the word. And then if you wanted your friends to call, you had to be after seven or after nine, depending what cell phone company you had. And those were what we started out with. But it was so sweet just to have like the text, like, you know, to be instant messaging your friends and not to always be connected, like miss your friends a little bit. Now it's like people always laugh, my friends. And they're like, oh, Brie, you never text back. It takes you forever to text back. Because to me, having my phone in my hand all the time being connected all the time is like tiresome. So like I'm mostly on my phone at nighttime or like I'll be on my phone for my TikToks. I'm obviously on it now to be recording this, but to be connected all the time, I remember the days like, okay, Brie, get off the computer. Okay, bye. Bye guys, put away message. I'm asleep, but the world will see me tomorrow and be like really deep. So I do miss those days. It was very sweet. Um, There was even some days I remember when we had dial up. So if my mom was on the phone, I cannot be on a computer. If my mom was on the phone, my sister cannot be on a computer. And she was a high schooler in the 90s and 2000s. She was a high school in the 2000s. And my brother was a high schooler in the 90s and 2000s. So they were always trying to get in contact with their friends. My mom would be on the phone with somebody from church or a grandma or something. They would have to wait. But it was something sweet about that. Not always being connecting, missing somebody, talking to them later. So, Or even calling them on the house phone. I remember trying to talk to my friends and be like, oh, is... 
I'll just say like Susie there and they'll be like, oh yeah, Susie's actually having dinner. Can she call you back? Sure. And it was just so sweet. You couldn't really call anybody to like after seven, to be honest, because they had dinner time. Like there was a respect. So that's definitely number eight. Number nine, I'd probably say the family aspect of life. I see people now and they're literally on their phones at the dinner table. (laughs) Couldn't be me. When I did finally get like a cell phone, that was in high school time. In high school, I started working a lot. So I wasn't always home for dinner, but best believe when I was home for dinner, because I wasn't working, there was no cell phones at the table. My dad made sure that I would never even try it. And we always ate dinner together when we were home at the family table, talk about our day at work, our day at school, whatever. And that like togetherness really, I think made me like the family person and the genuine person I am today. There's a study that shows um, if you eat family dinners together, if you can, now some people work too much and that's not a problem, but if you can eat family dinners together with no phones, no distractions, um, it really is supposed to help you like emotionally and cognitively and stuff. And there would be like days where my mom would be like, oh, you know, I don't feel like eating at the table. Let's just eat in the family room. And we would eat in front of the TV, but we we're still watching TV together, commentating on the TV show together. It was still a family affair. Um, every Sunday, I don't know if this is just like a culture thing, but we would go sit in church for about 10 hours a day, you know, at, when we went to our old church or just a couple hours before our new church. After that, we would come home and we would eat dinner. Sometimes it was takeout. Sometimes it was a big feast. Sometimes we may go out to dinner, but our Sundays was like the day for family. It wasn't until I started dating my boyfriend, who's now my husband, that I even ever hung out with anybody on a Sunday. Saturdays were for the friends. You know how they say like Friday for the boys or whatever. It was Saturday. It was for the friends for us. And Sunday was for the family and for God. And that's all it was. And so I started dating my boyfriend. I was in high school. I was in senior year. And that was because he would come with us to church and he would hang out with us. That was the only difference. But other than that, nope, Sunday was for the family and Sunday was for church. And if you're not religious, like I knew some people weren't religious, their parents were still very like, okay, Sunday is to hang out with us. Like if you want a friend over, cool. But Sunday is still like the rest day to hang out before school. I miss that. Nobody really, you know what? Even our families don't really do that that much anymore. Even when like we would go to church, we wouldn't all eat dinner that much together as we used to. So it's definitely a difference. But I still try to keep the tradition in my household. Like Sundays are usually the days that we eat like a nice meal or the days that if we're going out, we're going out together as a family. I don't really hang out with my friends on Sunday. He doesn't hang out with his. We make sure that we're together. So, and then the last thing, hmm, what would I say the last thing about the 90s that really touched me? I'm trying to think. Um, it's so much, 90s and the 2000s. Probably the calmness, I would say. Like, probably the love around everybody. Like, right, like, especially nowadays, everybody's really sensitive, which... Sometimes sensitive is not bad because sometimes they should have been sensitive back in the day, but they weren't. But it just seems like everybody was so in unison. Everybody was cool with each other. Everybody loved each other. Everybody was just, you know, there to have a good time. You see the pictures of the or 90s and the 2000s. You see friends hanging out with each other from different ethnicities, different backgrounds. It was cool. You know, and that's to say that that was everybody, because as you see, I'm exposing people from the 90s and 2000s. But to me, it was just such a, a unison time. Everybody having fun, everybody going to cookouts, everybody being friends, everybody just, you know, it was a good time for, um, I guess, emotionally everybody. There wasn't a lot of fighting. There wasn't really a time 
Like, even when we had 9-11, the country was such, like, togetherness at that time afterwards, at least with each other. I mean, they were doing some wrong things to, like, outside or whatever. I guess you could say I didn't really follow it, but together, it was, I don't know, it's just such a different time. You would see, like, rappers befriend country singers. You would see actors being friends with other actors and there wasn't no drama of he said she said there was no oh she got into a twitter war with this one because it was just like nothing was a lot of those twitter wars and those instagram wars it's because of miscommunication there was no miscommunication when there was no social media it was like okay i see you say it oh i heard you say it from somebody else now i'm seeing they were able to trace it. Now it's like, oh, this one took my phone and they took a picture of me. It was just such a different time. Like you could really be who you wanted to be um, without the whole world watching, I guess is what I'm trying to say too. Like you could, like sometimes if you say, well, I want to be this person. If you see, if you're that person with social media, they're going to see you be that person. And that might not make you feel comfortable or it make you, might make you feel more comfortable depending on the person. But back in the 90s and 2000s, you could be who you want to be. Like, I remember um, how I would explain it better, if you don't understand what I'm saying, is Will Smith says that everybody gets on Jaden, right? People say Jaden looks weird. People say that Jaden is weird, that he dresses weird, that da-da-da, this, that, and the third, right? But Will said, honestly, he's the same as me. He said, you guys would have said the same thing about me if there was more cameras. I used to dress like that. I used to act like that. But because... If the paparazzi wasn't around, you weren't going to see it. Nobody knew. But because now if Jaden goes to the store and he's wearing a skirt, somebody takes a picture and it's on Facebook, it's going to be more known versus if I did the same thing. And I think there was some kind of simplicity in that. Like you could go to the store as a celebrity and unless the paparazzi was there, you wouldn't get caught looking your worst. Whereas now everything you say, everything you do, they're able to see, which is an excellent thing for like these predators. And for these people who are doing people wrong and being abusive, but for people who just kind of want to like have some time to themselves or just don't want everything they do or say to be recorded or saw, it's different. It's definitely different. But like I said, I was born 97. I grew up, um, I went to junior high in, nine, in 2009. So my elementary school years um, was all the early 2000s. Um, my junior high year was early to mid 2000. I guess 2010s would be like my high school years. I graduated in 2019. Oh, I'm sorry, whew, not 2019. Graduated in 2015. I got married in 2016, so that can tell you a little bit. So, I mean, it's definitely a difference. I'm not saying that today's world is worse. You know, there's some good things. I mean, it's not 2000 and 2009s will always be superior to me because I lived in it. But that's not to say that the years that we are in today aren't better for some things. They're better in medicine. They're better in catching people, not letting people get away with things. They're better in standing up for themselves, which I think is an amazing thing. They're better for times like this where we can't see each other, but we can still connect through phones. But like I said, when there's pros, there's cons to everything. I just thought as thoughts from a 90s kid, you guys would like to know a little bit about the time that I lived in and why I thought that it was just such a great time and I miss it so dearly. And like I said, if you were born in the 90s, the 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, whatever, you can feel me. You remember those times. You can feel the same way or you might feel differently. If you were born in the 2010s, you might be like, sheesh, this girl's old. I don't know anything she's talking about. But you can kind of see like where some of your things came from because some of them had made like full circle, like fashion, these reboots of TV shows, these reboots of movies. So you can kind of see like where it came from. 
So you might find it interesting. Or if you're born in like the 2010s, most likely your parents were born in the 80s or 90s. So you can kind of see how their childhood is different from your childhood. And you can kind of say like, oh, that's cool. Or, oh, that's weird. And maybe I inspired you to watch some of the old TV shows or listen to the old music. If not, you might have stopped listening to this a very long time ago. But for anyone who's still listening to this, thank you for sticking out this long. This um, podcast one is a little bit longer than my other one. But yeah, so I just wanted to share a little bit about that. Um, as always, share this to people. I'm trying to get my podcast out there so more people can listen. Give me any comments. I would love to hear your experiences too if you did live in the 90s and 2000s. What your experiences were, what you miss, what you don't miss, what you wish could come back. And um, like I said, yeah, give me any suggestions about what you want to hear next about a podcast. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And as always, it's been an honor. And this is Thoughts from a 90s, baby. Bye.